Hey guys, I'd like to introduce you to a new podcast that I know you're going to love. Do you like travel? Do you like picturesque locations and getting away from it all? Well, this new podcast has all that and murder. It's called Slaycation, and it's a darkly humorous look at murders and mysterious deaths that took place on vacation. Hosted by a true crime fanatic, her comedy writer husband and his TV producing partner, Slaycation brings a unique perspective to chilling, thrilling, and WTF stories of vacations gone horribly wrong. From the twisted tale of Harold and Tony Henthorne, whose romantic anniversary in the Rocky Mountains ended with one of them falling off a cliff, to Angelica and Vincent, two recently engaged lovebirds whose Hudson Valley kayaking adventure ended underwater. Each episode of Slaycation will have you asking, accident or murder? But it's not just the stories that'll intrigue you. It's the discussion between a longtime married couple and business partners who happen to be Emmy-nominated TV producers. Each episode of Slaycation also includes humor, takeaway and travel tips that will keep your next vacation from being your last. If you're ready to pack your body bags, Slaycation is available on all major podcast platforms. Search for Slaycation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine unlocking a version of yourself that's unstoppable, where mental barriers no longer hold you back. Listen to Mentally Stronger with me, Amy Morin, therapist and international bestselling author, here to guide you on a journey to reaching your greatest potential. Every Monday, I bring you into conversations with some of the most fascinating minds, experts, authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, and musicians. They don't just share stories. They reveal the mental strategies that propelled them to the top. But here's the real magic. At the end of each episode, I break down their wisdom into practical therapist-approved advice. In my solo episodes, I dive deep into the techniques that build mental strength. It's like having your own personal therapy session as you discover how to turn these insights into steps you can take right now. This podcast isn't just for those facing mental health challenges. It's for anyone who wants to push their limits, achieve peak performance, and truly thrive. Are you ready to unlock your full potential? Then it's time to become mentally stronger. Subscribe to Mentally Stronger with therapist Amy Morin, available wherever you love to listen to podcasts. Welcome to Twisted News, where every week we dig deep to find you some of the strangest stories currently happening all around the world. Today, we dive into a polarizing crime that happened in Boston. has a lot of twists and turns you're going to find very interesting, and then a tale about deep-rooted and true love that was so strong, it made the couple do something very bad. Get ready for Scary Mysteries, Twisted News. Number 1. The Crime That Traumatized Boston In the late hours of October 23rd of 1989, 29-year-old Charles Stewart called 911 from his early model car phone in agonizing pain, asking for immediate help before he passed out. With the line still open, police were able to hear their own sirens on his side of the line which helped them hone in on the exact location of his Toyota Cressida. Once on the scene, the authorities found Chuck barely able to speak as he had been shot in the stomach. 
His pregnant wife, Carol, was slumped over in the passenger seat, having been shot in the head. At the emergency room, doctors rushed to save not only Carol's life, but also that of her unborn son. Ultimately, a few hours later, Carol unfortunately passed away. Before she did, doctors attempted to save the child via C-section. He was two months premature, and he survived for 17 days, but he ended up passing away as well. And meanwhile, Chuck, who had been shot in the abdomen, underwent surgery and managed to survive. When he woke up, he explained what had happened, as the entire city of Boston wanted to track down whoever was heartless enough to kill a mother and their child. The couple had been at a childbirthing class on the night of the shooting at Brigham and Women's Hospital. When they left, they drove through the Mission Hill neighborhood of Roxbury, Massachusetts, and there at a stoplight was when an African-American man with a raspy voice forced his way into the car and made the couple drive to a more secluded area. After that, he robbed them and then shot them, leaving them for dead. The aftermath of the incident was marked by a swift and targeted police response. Based on Stewart's description, authorities conducted extensive searches in Boston's African-American neighborhoods, which led to widespread anger and accusations of racial bias. They were stopping people at random, knocking on doors and probing, looking for any information they could to catch the killer, until finally, they did. At this point, Charles had spent nearly six weeks in the hospital requiring two surgeries to save his life. Shortly after he got out, police brought in a young man named Willie Bennett, who fit the description and Stewart was able to identify him in a lineup. So, they got him, right? Well, not so fast. Because on January 3rd, the case against Willie had completely fallen apart. When Matthew, Stewart's brother, likely driven by an intense feeling of guilt, told police that Willie was innocent and that Charles was the one who killed his wife and unborn child and then put the gun to his own stomach to make the story that much more believable. Matt had been called upon by his brother to help out in what he was told was going to be a little insurance scam, just a robbery and carjacking so they could get some insurance money. And so, on the night of the incident, Matt drove out to meet Charles, that's when he saw Carol slumped over in the car. Charles handed him over a bag of jewelry and cash, and then Matt left. Confronted with his brother's confession and the impending collapse of his elaborate ruse, Charles Stewart then made a final and desperate decision. The following day, on January 4th of 1990, he drove to the Tobin Bridge parked his car, and jumped down 135 feet to the waters below. The motive, as it later emerged, was fairly mundane, money and personal freedom. Stewart, who worked selling furs and aspired to own an upscale restaurant, had taken out a $100,000 insurance policy on his wife. He viewed her and their unborn child as mere obstacles to his ambitions and lifestyle. In retrospect, the investigation into the Stewart case was marred by critical misjudgments and biases. The police, swayed by Stewart's coherent demeanor and self-inflicted injury, failed to even consider him as a suspect. 
and the focus on finding a black assailant based solely on Stewart's account reflected deeply ingrained racial prejudices. The true victims of this tragedy, though, were Carol and her son, Christopher. In the wake of their deaths, Carol's parents established a charitable foundation in her memory on January 25th of 1990. Its mission was to provide scholarships to young people from Mission Hill and support initiatives aimed at combating racism and violence in Boston, a lasting tribute to lives unjustly and prematurely taken and a crime that shook the city to its core. Number two, the unraveling of a forbidden affair. You have five hours to kill your mom or lose me forever. That was the ultimatum given by 17-year-old Caitlin Coons to her 33-year-old boyfriend, Jonathan Jones. In the town of Canton, Ohio, this story unfolded as Jonathan had been in a relationship with Caitlin for the past two years, going back to when she was just 15 years old. His mother, 53-year-old Nicole, of course, didn't approve of this kind of thing, and in fact, it had gotten Jonathan in trouble with the law back in March. But besides the fact that this wasn't exactly legal, it was also kind of disturbing that the couple had a 16-year age gap and she was still a minor. But of course, love knows no bounds, and who was Nicole to try and stand in the way of them living their lives? On April 11th of this year, Caitlin then disappeared from a foster home that she had been living in. Apparently the plan had been set into motion as Jonathan picked her up and they would then kill Nicole to get her out of the way before disposing of the body and fleeing away to start their lives together. But once back at Nicole's condo in Sylvania Township, Jonathan was getting cold feet. That's when Caitlin told him he had five hours to do it or she'd leave him forever. It's alleged that as Jonathan couldn't handle it, in a moment of extreme distress, Caitlin confronted Nicole before hitting her over the head with a rock and then strangling her to death. Jonathan, present at the scene, became implicated in the aftermath as he assisted Caitlin in covering up the incident. They went on to dump the mother's body in a dumpster behind the apartment complex, at which point it was then taken to a landfill and, as of right now, her body has not been recovered. The couple, facing the gravity of their actions, fled to Mexico. However, the weight of their situation soon became apparent. Caitlin, perhaps overwhelmed by the magnitude of what had transpired, confessed to a caseworker over the phone, providing details that matched the crime scene. Their attempt to escape the consequences was thwarted by the U.S. Marshals Service, Jonathan, hindered by a GPS tracking device from a previous conviction, was located and apprehended in Mexico along with Caitlin. This case took a significant turn when it was decided that Caitlin would be tried as an adult despite her young age. She faces serious charges reflecting the severity of the incident. Meanwhile, Jonathan, already entangled in legal issues for his past conduct, found himself facing additional charges related to the incident. The pair remain in custody now. Jonathan has his bail set for $1.25 million as they await their trials. The community, meanwhile, grapples with the unsettling reality of the situation that seems to defy the norms of their quiet town. 
Love can make you do some crazy things. Sometimes it's crazy people who use the idea of love to commit heinous crimes. So there were two of the most scary and twisted news stories that we have for you this week. I'm Andrew. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. If you like this and want more stories from us, then go check out our Everytown podcast. We also have exclusive content and a whole library of other episodes down in the description box. Thanks again for all your support and for tuning in. I'll see you in the next one.